It's rut and river. Yes, correct. R-U-T. I rest my beard hair right on it. And then you know you're there. Like a nice, gentle little pillow for my beard. Right. And then I'm all up in it. Oh. I'm like Kobe beef for sharks. Can I ask you, what made you guys call me up about... Well, this. That's what tickles our fancy. Exactly. Okay. Thought the Rocky Mountains would be rockier. <laughs> John Denver is not accurate. Man. A guy like you, who has absolutely no clue, and I can hear it in your voice, that, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, you're a blank canvas. I mean, I can just start with you, like, from scratch. You, you're going to tell me, a grown man, you're telling me what lure to use and how to fish? You guys didn't snap your whopper plopper off. <laughs> Either that. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry I, blew. I blew up over that. <laughs> and we are back. And this is Rutten River Pursuits Podcast, and we're smack dab in the Sonic Campfire tonight. Boom, there it goes. Mm-hmm. This is Reality Outdoor Radio, connecting you with people, skills, and products you can trust. You, you can, can trust, trust them. them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who do I have with me around the table tonight? Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm Kyle. I'm Steve. And I'm Will. Hey, hey, Bucky. Yeah, I need Ryan. you to do me a favor, bud. I need What's you to that, tell bud? me who's our sponsor for this month's episodes. I'll tell you about this month's sponsor. At Element Outdoors, good camo doesn't have to be expensive, and affordable outdoor gear doesn't have to be poorly made. Oh, yeah. Element Outdoors is technical clothing built by and for the working man. Find your addiction. These guys are running an exclusive special for the entire month of May. Get out. Where you can receive 20% off your order. What? When you enter RRP20. Yep, that's RRP20. RRP20? RRP20. RP20 is exactly it when you check out. Just go to elementoutdoors.com today. Guys, you know how I just was telling you about Element Outdoors? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the awesome stuff they have. Bucky, what did you do? Uh, What'd you do? What did you do? Don't say it. I'm going to say we have Ted Fowler, owner. Really? Straight from Corpus Christi, Texas with us on the phone tonight. No, we did. Mm -hmm. Prove it. Deep Mm -hmm. in the heart of Texas. Ted, are you there? Yeah, but I'm not in Corpus Christi. I'm in Rockport. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity to be on your guys' show. Thanks for the call. Sorry I didn't hit you with the hand grenade there. And, <laughs> and did you say Rock, Did you say Rockport? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. This little podunk town here, uh, about 12,000 people. We had uh, Hurricane Harvey visit us a couple of years ago, so... Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. We have a friend of the podcast that's also from down there. Uh, she's a uh, captain, captain a Casey guide. Bones. Captain Casey Bones. Yeah. So we've actually just talked to half of the population of Rockport. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. So what? There's no such thing as a coincidence in my book. Dad. I don't Welcome think so. aboard. I have a feeling you are family. Kindred spirit, if you will. Yeah, and Ted, you did mention the uh, the hurricane there. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I was checking out your Instagram account, and, and recently you put up some pictures of uh, some work you're doing on your house. So you guys got hit pretty good with that hurricane, didn't you? Yeah, actually, the the my house fared uh, very well during the hurricane. I mean, I, I I was dug in like a tick here. You know, a very poor decision on my part to stay and weather out the hurricane. You know, I mean, when when I heard reports of it on the Weather Channel, they you know they were talking about 
a category three storm. And I had customers calling me like crazy that a lot of, a lot of folks have houses here, but they don't live here. You know, these are their, their fishing cabins or their summer homes. So they were calling me, asking me, you know, Hey man, can you board up the house? Can you board up the house? Well, I didn't think the storm was going to be that bad. You know, I mean, as a kid who didn't drive down or when your parents are driving down the road, you stick your head out the window doing, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour. You know, how bad, how bad could a hurricane be? No big deal. Yeah. That was a very poor decision on my part to stay. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I dug in and, and, uh, Luckily, my house, I had a tree fall and hit the front of the house. And then when the eye passed over, it pulled it off and threw it out into the street. I lost a wow. couple of shingles. Ugh. Yeah. Now, I've been steady rebuilding other people's houses for the last couple of years. And uh, the Instagram pictures I'm posting of most recent is a house that uh, it took about four feet of water inside of it from a tidal surge. Wow. You know, so it Holy was smokes. because it's. Yeah. Well, this is a big flat here. You know, I mean, you've got to go out. I don't know. You boys don't do much offshore fishing, but we do. But you got to go out, you know, 30, 40 miles to get to 200 feet deep water, you know, where the pelagic species want to hang. Yeah. So it's it's just a big flat shelf. Well, when the hurricane came, you know, that that water just started coming up. And I'm, I'm at one of the highest elevations in Rockport at 17 feet. That that'll tell you something. Seventeen feet above sea level. Yeah. So I'm kind of. So you're right at the. You're right at the peak. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I looked. I looked down on the town from my castle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but they. You know, they they basically had a big flood of water come in from midnight till four a.m. and then it receded. So when the sun, you know, when it got light enough to see. There was there was no water, no standing water to be found. But people would walk out to their vehicles, the, those who stayed, you know, and and they've got seagrass in the cab of their truck because you know they they took two, three, four feet of water. Wow, jeez, yeah. So was the storm surge worse than the wind damage then? No, 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 no. no I mean, wow. we had there was you know the number varies how many you know tornadoes touched down, and I mean. I I can tell you, hand to God, I drove through, I drove all over the town looking, and there would be four houses in a row, and one of them would be completely demolished, and the other three would have minimal damage, and that's, Mm. you know, you could kind of trace the path of a twister, you know, going 50 yards to a neighborhood, it'd take out three houses, and then it would you know, pick up and leave the, you know, like, like Ron White said, it's not that the wind was blown. It's what the wind was blowing, yeah. you know, yeah. cause there's all that, all that debris has to go somewhere. Yeah. And it's usually in somebody else's living room or through their roof. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy when you see some of like the aerial footage of where a tornado would go through, how surgical those strikes mm-hmm. are on those things. It's crazy. I was born and raised in Arizona. You know, I lived in, in Mesa and Scottsdale, Arizona for a majority of my life. I moved out of here to Texas about 16 years ago. So I really was not subject to that kind of intense weather. I mean, we would have monsoon storms and, you know, it, it got 118 degrees in the summer, which is a little balmy. But I'd you say know, you didn't. Yeah. yeah you didn't have dry anything. heat, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember when I first moved out here, you know, to Rockport and, and it was, you know, they said, hey, it's hurricane season. Well, when a storm would start brewing in the Gulf, 
you know, not know any better. Uh, all the locals here, you know, they, they'd have hurricane parties. So we'd all get together and, you know, everybody have a barbecue and a, a big beer bust and do all of that like it was fun and games. And, and I can remember saying to myself, I would like to experience one just to say that I've done it. You know, well, now that I did it, I really don't want to experience it anymore. You're good. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there, done that. Scratch that off my bucket list. Ted, with, with that much flat land, how does that change? Like, from a hunting standpoint up here, that's very different uh, than, yeah. than Pennsylvania. How does that change your approach? Well, what you have to, what you have to remember about, you know, the, the state of Texas is a majority and a big majority of it is privately owned. You know, so with that being said, it is flat, but we have, you know, mesquite thickets and we've got oak trees So our cover is a little bit different. And then we have the luxury of being able to high fence our property. So what's mine is mine and you guys stay away from it. The state, depending on how much money you give them. And I say that because uh, let's say you've got a thousand acres. And if you want to grow your own deer herd and kind of do your own thing, you apply for a permit through the state. It's an MLD, Managed Land Deer Permit, uh, you know, and depending on the dollar amount of improvements that you make to your property throughout the year, the state kind of looks at it as your own little private forest, and you can okay. do whatever whatever you want within reason. Yeah. Sure. And they tell you, depending on what level of MLD you are, how many deer, you know, you, you can take off of that property during you know, the, the given hunting period, which is usually 30 days before the general public and 30 days after. Okay. Yeah. So now if you're, if you're a regular guy, if you guys were to come here, you know, with, with a gun and a checkbook and you said, Hey, we want to shoot a deer. You want to shoot a big management eight. All right, let's go over here. Feeders go off at five fifteen. Let's get there, you know, about four forty-five, and about five twenty-five. this thing will be done. We'll be driving back to the house. I'll tell you, you what, know, so it's, you go ahead and just buy a non-resident PA tag, and you don't even have to make it a five-day hunt. You can hunt the whole season with me, bud. And, and we'll, we'll be we'll be hunting. Yeah, I promise you. You want a challenge? Yeah. So, what do you like to hunt down there? Why doesn't John Denver have a song about Texas? That <laughs> sounds like heaven. Yeah, I don't know. I, he was he was more in love with his plane, you know, rather than hunting down in Texas. You see how that worked out for him? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, my favorite. Honestly, my favorite animal to hunt is elk. Uh, you know, coming from Arizona, I'm, I'm, you know, I love to bow hunt. Nice. That's the majority of what, you know, what I prefer to do now. You know, of course, when you're managing a ranch, I did not have the luxury of bow hunting that much because our thing was, you know, it was management. It was numbers control. You know, it was for a purpose, not for, you know, the thrill of the hunt. I don't think we really said your background you obviously managed some land. Yeah, yeah. I think we kind of glossed over that. I apologize for not yeah. doing a better lead-in. Yeah, I, I've, I've known Steve Austin for 15 years, and when he bought uh, like the Broken Stone Skull Cold Ranch. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, Stone the, Cold. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's or you the, guys are the only one that call him Stone Cold. I just call him Steve. Or, <laughs> I didn't know if we were talking about the $6 million man. That's what I yeah. thought at first. <laughs> No, a different, different cat, different cat. Now, if he was still, if he was married to Farrah Fawcett, I would have taken that job too. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is, this is the, 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 the pro wrestler, yeah, Steve Austin. I love Steve me some Farrah Fawcett. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me both. Yeah. yeah. No, but he, he at one time had uh, 2,200 acres in Tilden, Texas, a little Ooh. place called Broken Broken Skull Ranch, not yeah. to be confused with, you know, the Broken Skull Challenge where he had his TV show. They yeah. That was filmed in California, hmm. uh, but we were hunting in Texas. Yeah, but I, I pretty much managed it for him since, obviously, he's in, you know, in L.A. doing his deal. And, you know, at the time, God, I was hunting – I was thinking about this earlier. I, I was probably sitting in a blind a hundred days a year. Wow. wow. Yeah. You know, with, with uh, predator control and, you know, just, just herd management because in Texas, the, the archery deer season starts middle to the end of September. Uh, we could start shooting deer September 1st, which was dove season. Because we were MLD level three, which is the highest one. And then when our regular general deer season ended uh, January 15th, and then they had a week-long doe and spike season, we could shoot deer until the end of February. You know, so yeah, look at the calendar. Yeah, That's from, a long you know, time. That's crazy. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you're sitting in a blind every day, it's like, you know, boy, I'm, you know, you're you're tired of shooting deer. You're tired yeah. of cleaning deer. You're tired of eating deer. If a cow would have walked by, you'd have had a real bad day. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, but I can understand. I mean, with with the acreage that you're talking about, the herd health down in that area of the state, uh, the terrain and everything, it really it becomes a numbers game, like you said. So there's a, there's a lot of work to do to put in to manage a property like that. Is this oh, absolutely? Yes, sir. We're talking yeah, yeah. Okay. We're talking South Texas whitetail, yes, sir. And all natural genetics. Uh, we didn't bring anything in. We didn't do any any you know crossbreeding, any you know any artificial genetic manipulation. You know what I mean? We would we'd go up in a helicopter before the season started, and we would take a, an aerial survey. You know, because we had a game biologist, the pilot yeah. Steve and I. We'd go up in an R forty four helicopter and and basically run a grid all through the the entire ranch top to bottom side to side and we would record you know there's there's a, a management buck there's a trophy mm -hmm. buck there's a spike there's a doe with two fawns there's a doe with a fawn and figure out what our population was figure out how many deer per acre you know we wanted to carry make that formulation and our deer biologist would then say you know it's it's my recommendation you guys take 20 bucks, 50 does. Here's, here's 70 tags. One, two, three, go. Yeah. And that you, you hit, know, you hit exactly on a point I wanted to ask, which is you got those numbers. You, you did the studies as best you could do, but you still ran it all by a biologist to make sure you took into consideration his recommendations. So you try to do the right thing for the herd. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? They took into account that we fed protein. I say we, you know, I, I did the work. Steve paid the bills, so that's that's where you know that's this marriage way. came about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the royal you know, way. so when I when I if I if I refer to the ranch as mine or ours or something, you you get where I'm at. I mean, I was I was involved in that thing 100. percent But we fed protein year round and had 11 2,000 pound protein feeders that. I would go down every two or three weeks and top off, so the deer Shoot. never never ran out of protein. Now, there was five miles of underground water line 
that was buried throughout the ranch that fed wow. a number of concrete cisterns that were next to the protein. So the deer, you know, all they had to do was walk out of the brush, eat yeah. a little protein, go over and, and take a sip of water. That's some high quality H2O. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and we, we kept that going. We kept that going year round until it came to hunting season. And then I would order, you know, 20 tons of corn and I'd set out all of the, all the corn feeders and get set up for, you know, starting to starting to throw corn on the ground because it's legal to bait here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cut cut all the shooting lanes, set up the feeders, fill them up, and then you know make make sure everything worked. And then you know it was it was business, you know, as usual. Deer season started. Now, were you yeah. were you loading these feeders by hand, or did you drive around with a truck with a hopper and and, and use an auger or something to get that feed? No, no, no. I had I had a, a, one of Steve's Broncos, you know, because he's a big Bronco fan. Um, the vehicle, not the football team. Right on. But, yeah, <laughs> I had, OJ. I had that with you know a, a two ton hopper with an auger, you know. So I would I would go you know back and forth, back and forth, pulling that thing around, filling. Filling all the protein stuff. Man, I, wow. I was going to say, without that, you'd be, that's all you could do on that ranch. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, then on top of the fact you got to mow 2,000 acres. Not, well, oh, that's no thanks, thing. bud. I, did, I didn't <laughs> mow 2,000 acres. I mean, I like to keep the front area and the entrance area looking like a park. Yeah. But of course, you've got to mow all the senderos. You've got to mow around the fence line. You've got to, sh- you know, mow all the shooting lanes. Stuff oh like that. My. So, yeah, it was it was Bless it was a heart. fun job. I mean, they you know I got paid for it. Don't yeah. don't think you know that this was a labor of love. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't love anything that much. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I was I was drawing a paycheck for it. You know, I mean, which isn't a bad gig. You know, I mean, if you can hunt a hundred days a year, work out and party with Steve. You know, and during the off season, I was the only one, and I had my own house there. So it, it wasn't like I was set up in a fifth wheel, you know. I had right. I had I had a nice you know set of digs that was just mine. Um, I had my bird dogs that I'd take down and you know quail hunt and dove hunt and got to turkey hunt because it was always too hot for anybody you know any of the relatives to come down because it was a family operation. He didn't open it up commercially. Uh, it was no just kidding. yeah. It was uh, just okay. you know I was the only non-family member. You know, really, except for, you know, Shawn Michaels and, you know, Nuh-uh. Rick Flair came down one time. You got to be kidding me. Really? Yeah. You know, those guys came down and Shawn came <laughs> you down. You probably never heard little, that before. You know, filming for a hunt. But I was really the only non-family member that ever got to hunt the place. I didn't know Rick Flair was a hunter. He came down to do a podcast, actually. Oh. Which is, yeah. You know, and I mean, being a big being a big wrestling man, wrestling fan myself. Yeah. You know this this guy steps out of a limo down in South Texas. Oh, geez. You know, black black patent leather shoes, no socks. <laughs> you know, a pair of dress slacks and a, and a suit coat and his glasses. He steps out of the limo and he looks around. and He goes, "Man, where where are we? Afghanistan?" You know. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little over the top. Black yeah. patent leather snake boots. Uh-huh. So, so basically, it's if somebody comes there to hunt, they're gonna kill a deer or basically as many deer or as they want. Opportunity like, to not or not have a chance to kill a deer. Did that come out? No, right? no. 
you may not get the deer that you you know that that you dream about every night but yeah. yeah you'll definitely have the opportunity you know and the other thing is we have we have exotics down here you know you you'd, you'd ask about the or one of you guys had asked about the axis yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you know a buddy of mine tell who's who, he's more redneck than i am he's a, a fishing guide and a hunting guide yeah sent up sent up a post saying you know hey we got some access that we need to you know thin the herd i reached out to him and said you know hey chris nalick my partner there in, in element he and i and a couple of the guys from the marketing company you know we want to go down and book you know three days and want it just to be us so we can film and do stuff like that mm-hmm. sure you know and and tell was like you know well dude i know you bow hunt but you know what are the other guys doing and i'm like you know well they're they're rifle hunting and he's like, oh, okay. Well, then you know it'll it'll be a done deal. You know, I mean, it's it's that level of confidence because there's that many animals that you're you're guaranteed to have an opportunity. Now, pulling off the shot is on you. Yeah. But yes, you will you will definitely have have an opportunity. That's where what we do is 180 degrees different than what you guys do because I, I can just imagine sitting out out in the east there. We named our deer. That's how often we saw them, oh, and that's man. how we could we could pattern them. You know, I can just Mitch. envision you guys sitting in a tree stand, going, you know, man, the wind, you know, it, it blew from the southeast rather than the northwest, and I was sitting in the wrong spot. The biggest problem we got down here in South Texas is if the battery died and your feeder didn't go off. Uh, it yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter which way the wind is blowing. Sure. You know, it, it as as long as that feeder goes off and that dinner bell rings. You know, as as long as you're not playing racquetball in that blind, because we're sitting in those you know metal deer blinds, the deer are coming in. Oh, I'm out there. You know, I love now, racquetball. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it may not it may not be like clockwork because I would I would be hunting specific deer that that I wanted to call, and you know driving around doing stuff. I'm carrying a gun with me, so if you know if I ever did see him, you know, as as bad on him. But then morning and evening, I would sit a particular blind, knowing that's where he's at. Yeah, and it's you know, dude, deer or deer, you know, for for you know a week in a week in a row, he's out. He's the first one there before the feeder goes off. As soon as you go to shoot him, it's like you know, I mean, you can't blame them. You know, they get ESP, and it's like <laughs> I think I'm going to try over here. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Ted, I have to ask: with all the time that you spend outside in South Texas, how many close calls have you had with rattlesnakes? Oh, good question. Mm. Oh man, I've got. Uh, boy, I got some. I got some stories. Uh, I've never had and a pair one. of boots and a suit. <laughs> yeah, and a new pair yeah. of underwear. <laughs> uh, I've never had one actually hit me. Uh, I oh. inadvertently stepped on a couple, oh, geez. and I've had a I've had a couple strike at me. You know, and my my biggest downfall. I'm a big music fan, so I I would drive around the ranch, and I'm the only one out there. You know, it's just me and my dogs. Oh, so boy. I'd leave the dogs up at up at the compound, and we had you know big fenced in yard. Let them run and do their stuff. I'd go out and do my work, and I would always you know have my iPhone playing, and I had my headphones on. Well. You know, I just through habit, you don't pay attention. I'd get out and go to fill the feeder, and I'm listening to the music, and it's like, where's that static coming from? You know, I'm listening to it on my phone. Oh, oh boy. Yet, oh, I, yet I hear static. So I'd hit the pause button, 
and you hear the, and it is an unmistakable sound. You know, it's like, well, I'm standing three feet from a rattlesnake, and I mean, he doesn't necessarily want to bite me. You but know, he just wants to let me know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He would if you jacked with him. You know, and you know, I I, I put the music on pause and hear that thing, and it's like, boy, that you know. that'll make you take a step back absolutely you know i mean i did that more than once you know where i'd be (laughs) i'd be walking to the blind and you'd be listening to my music or you know doing doing whatever not paying attention because i already know i know i'm gonna go here and i'm gonna shoot this ratchet head so it's just kind of you know matter of fact i'm gonna get this done i want to shoot him i want to get back to the house i've got you know this deer to clean whatever deer steve's relatives shoot i want to mix a cocktail and then we're going to watch you know the the ufc or something like that so i've already got it played out in my head well i'm just tooling along you know and all you know it it breaks out on the right hand side of you and i you know put the music on pause and there's and i mean we're talking five six foot rattlesnake you know curled up in there and it's like yeah but i never had one hit me you know thank god never had one hit my dogs either uh, See now, know, now Ted. No yeah. offense, but I think it would be the first time I heard the static while the music was playing. That might have been enough for me to go. You know what? I'm gonna keep the music at the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? The, the problem was. I mean, you're invincible down there because you know I've got snake boots. I've got a little you know sawed off 410 snake charmer. You know, so I've got I, when I'm driving around. <laughs> he has a recorder in his pocket. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I've got I've got my two forty three with me. If I see a coyote or you know a, a pig or javelina or something like that, you know. So I mean, I'm just I'm I'm living the dream. I'm driving around shooting stuff. You know, that's yeah, hard so to argue what, with that. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, five foot yeah, rattlesnake like, would go. That'd be <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like choosing to stay during a you know category four hurricane. How bad could it be? <laughs> well, we found out. Yeah. So so Ted, speaking of the hurricane that you went through, you know, a lot of people refer to the weather outside as, you know, dealing with the elements. Uh, I would like to take a moment to talk a little bit about the destruction that you guys are putting on the outdoor industry right now, like a hurricane coming through. Tell us about element outdoors. (laughs) I got a transition. I got to just pause and say by Merlin's beard, that was smooth, brother. Oh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, Ted, but I, that was one of the best transition pivots, piggybacks, if you will. No, dude, I've I, I tip, I tip my hat to you. That was that was gold. That was audio gold. It was, yeah. it was like Thanks. a podcast crown jewel. <laughs> well, I'm done here. All right. My job I was done. talking. I was talking to my my partner, Chris Nalick. Uh, maybe an hour ago, and I told him, I said, you know what, man, we, we're the best camo company that nobody's ever heard of, you know, and he started laughing, and <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the lead-in to how Element Outdoors came around. Now, I got to give credit where credit is due. The founding member of Element Outdoors, a good, real good friend of mine, his name's Chris Nalick. I mean, he's a solid guy. I'd, I'd help him bury a body. That's That's... How, how close of friends we are through a twist of events they were doing dipping uh like car parts and yeah. you know graphics chris started fooling around with digital patterns and decided to throw his hat in the ring making camo apparel 
you know, without much of a background in hunting or apparel. It -hmm. was just, you know, a vision he had and he wanted to do it. So he and his brother, you know, struck out and started doing this. Well, then uh, they had their first run of camo under a different name. And he actually reached out to me, Chris did, on, on Twitter and he said, hey, you know, I'm, you, you don't know me from Adam, and I don't expect this to go anywhere, but, you know, we're uh, a real new camo company, and I'd like to, you know, get in touch with Steve Austin. Well, obviously, the reason why I'm Steve Austin's friend is because I don't say, well, yeah, here's his phone number, you know, yeah, and I said, hey, because Steve had, had some rumblings that he wanted to get in the camo industry. Well, then they started talking back and forth. Um, months later, you know, thought they had a deal, didn't have a deal, thought they had a deal. You know, business is business. Mm-hmm. They could not they could not agree on terms to go into business together. And, but during that time, Chris and I, you know, stayed in contact. And when the deal fell through, Chris reached out to me and he said, hey, man, you know, I, I've to show my appreciation to you, I want to make you a pro staffer. Well, I, you know, I'm a redneck. I didn't understand what that meant other than they're going to send me free stuff. So I spoke to Steve, and Steve was like, dude, if they're sending you free stuff, take it. Do, do your thing. They, Chris started sending me some different apparel to wear. Mm-hmm. And then our friendship grew. And I was like, man, this is really good stuff. I yeah. really dig this. I I don't like the way that this collar rubs on me. I would do something different, you know. So I, we started a relationship in that aspect. Yeah. And then he made an offer to me to come on board with the company, and I felt so strongly about the product. It's the best camo I've ever I've ever worn, hands down. And, and, and not even including the price. I mean, just from a technical wearability standpoint, it's right. the best stuff I've ever worn. Down here in South Texas, if it doesn't cut you, poke you, tear you, you're, you're not in the right part of South Texas. And it's <laughs> durable as, as That's all That's just walking out. in Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so our friendship grew, and then he changed the name. I had an opportunity to buy his brother out because Ronnie Ronnie's big on drilling oil oil wells. That's that's kind of his passion, not so much hunting. And I hunted more than anybody that either one of those guys knew. Yeah, at that point you're doing almost all of their research and development, right? Like you're out there exactly. putting that stuff through the yeah. paces. Exactly, because Chris Love him to death. He's the technical guy. He's the one that can tell you how all of this stuff is put together, which is his niche. And then they send it to me and I wear it. And my input is from the field right. where, you know, I, I, I do something different here. I do something different there. Obviously, you guys aren't wearing snake boots. So I put zippers on the outside of these heavyweight pants because they're a pain in the butt, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's That's kind of the part that I bring to element. Yeah. They're, they they could tell you the thread count on this particular garment, but you can tell you, you can tell them what's working and what isn't. I like mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Exactly. And then with the notoriety that I had, the, the small notoriety that I had, you know, being, being with Steve Austin, 
that kind of gave me the platform on social media to brag about Element, kind of promote it from that standpoint. Uh, and then once once we got our our Generation Two stuff, and it was a no brainer. It's like, dude, this is this is what we got to do. We got to push this stuff. I mean, pound for pound, dollar for dollar, it's some of the best stuff that you will ever come across. That does not financially cripple you, not in the slightest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and we've been talking about that through through this month as we've been promoting you guys, and we've been checking out the website and talking about what we like best or what we saw that caught our eye, and and it really is super technical gear at an amazing affordable price. So if people you haven't what, checked I, it out, they need to do it now. If for no other reason, then you're just a pretty cool guy. You know what? I, I appreciate that. And the, the angle that Chris and I try to work is we're regular guys. You know, Austin referred to me as a working man. You know, when, when he do his show is, you know, hey, I'm talking to the working man. We want clothes that the working man can afford. I've said it a million times, and I mean, I'm not going to name any names, but you know what? You're never going to tell me that you hunt better in a $400 jacket than you do $150 jacket. I'm 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 not I'm not buying that. Now, with that being said, there are certain people out there that unless they're unless they're swinging the most expensive, latest, greatest, newest golf clubs, they're not going to golf. Or you know, they saw. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly where I'm going. There's mm-hmm. some people that have to have the newest iPhone. That they have to have. They're on the waiting list for the 2022 you know, Chevy Volt or whatever, you uh, know, on hey, our that, podcast, that, his name is Steve. He's got to have the latest and greatest. Don't you, bud? Yeah. Yep. Money is oh, no object yeah. to that. Man. The latest and that's greatest not, on the Facebook marketplace. <laughs> that's, that's not our demographic. That's not who we're going for. We're going Sorry, for Stevie. people. <laughs> we're going for people that want to spend money, saving up for their hunt, not saving up for, you know, a $250, $300 pair of britches. You know, I mean, down there in South Texas, I, I shot bigger white telling you guys did sitting in a pair of Wrangler shorts and flip flops, you know, so <laughs> nice. that's, just, just, that's just mean. <laughs> that's only because I haven't tried it in Wrangler <laughs> shorts and flip flops. Now you're showing yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, we're we're trying to just, you know, make a good quality camo. Give you something that when you buy, you look at it and you go. This is better than I thought. Well, what what makes camo good quality? Like, what should I it be looking for? It, it works. It fits right. The zippers work. the The pockets are in the right space. Why? You know, stuff that. Yeah, yeah. We're YKK zippers now on our uh, our midweight jacket, our heavyweight jacket. They have a silicone infused shoulder strip you know if you hunt with a rifle and you got a sling that thing's forever slide down well the theory is that silicone infused strip will hold that up your backpack you know it'll hold it up it grips it stuff like that now our our lightweight pants that are coming out this is uh, you know i'm i'm telling you about generation three stuff our gen two stuff has a silicone strip but our gen three pants because we're always trying to build a better you know better product our gen three pants Midweight and lightweight pants have a pocket sewn into the knee where from the outside through the side, you could put in a knee pad. If you're 
crawling on something, if you're if you ever antelope hunt out west, you do a lot of knee crawling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So these pants have have the ability to have these little neoprene knee pads that you can take in and out from the outside of your pants through the side. So when you're crawling, your pants don't fill up with dirt. You know, you you put them in when you need them. You take them out when you don't. You know, that's that's the kind of innovation that Chris sits there and he thinks about, and then he'll spitball it by me. So that's where, you know, we complement each other. But back to your question, what makes a camouflage good? One, the old lady's not squalling it because you spent a ton of money. You know, <laughs> yeah, hey, where'd that, where'd that $500 go out of the checking account? Well, you know, I was going to take you out to dinner, but I bought this, you know, heavyweight jacket. I yeah, heard that. That, that, that <laughs> speaks volumes. You know, yeah. And, and like I said, you can't, you can't tear it up. You know, we have... We have a satisfaction guaranteed policy. You know, I've 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 gone on record as saying, hey, if you buy something from us and you don't you don't like it, it's not what you thought it was gonna be, don't give me a story, send it back. And if Element doesn't cut you a check to pay you back, I will cut you a check to pay you back. Because you're not gonna return it because you don't like it. Wow. You know, if a majority of our returns, if any, are because of sizing issues. Rarely, rarely do we ever have a default with the product, a zipper break, a seam come on, so and something like that. Mm-hmm. And man, there's there's no there's no argument as far as exchanging products. That's where as a grassroots company, we we want to reach out to just regular people and let you guys know customer service is Chris Nalick and Ted Fowler. You know, right. and I've I've gone to the point where We've got messages on Facebook Messenger where, you know, people are like, you know, hey, I got I, – here's a perfect example. Guy had a hunt coming up, and he ordered some material from us, said there was a problem, left his number, left his phone number. Hell, I called the guy up. Was that Sean Kennedy? He always no. does that. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> no, this, this was a guy, this was a guy <laughs> in, in – uh, Illinois. I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, he's, he had a problem. And I told Chris, I said, hey, I'm going to call this guy up, find out what's going on. And he's like, dude. I said, no, no, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be a hoot. So I call him up and I said, hey, you know, yeah, this is Ted Fowler with Element Outdoors. And there's a long pause. And he goes, Ted Fowler 361? <laughs> and I go, yeah, but I usually don't address myself that way when I make a phone call. But <laughs> yeah, that's that. I, I am hashtag one the yes. Same. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm I am one in the same. I said, what's what's the problem with your camel? And he goes, oh man, I can't believe this. Blah blah. blah. I said, all right, what's what's the problem with the camel? He says, well, I ordered the wrong size, and I've got a hog hunt coming up, you know, and I and I want to wear your guys' stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what are you looking for? What's your order number? And what's the size you want? Well, me checking inventory is calling Chris's wife going, hey, Angie, do we got, you know, this and that? And she's like, yeah, yeah, we got it. I said, look at this order number. I said, send it out. The guy's going to send the other stuff back. Just get it, you know, hot shot it out to him now so he can have it for his hunt. I called the guy back up and I said, look, man, you promised to return that stuff because it doesn't fit you. He goes, yeah. I said, all right, well, your new stuff is coming. Just send us the old stuff. Send us the stuff that didn't work back. You know, now, let me ask you a question. People at Amazon going to do that? Heck no. 
People at Cabela is going to do that. Now, it may have bit me in the butt, but by the same token, we're talking $200 worth of product. I'll put my neck out there on the line for the good karma that comes from that because I'll tell you what, the guy was tickled to death. He got stuff that fit him. All of a sudden, now we got a customer for life. And guess what? Right. He tells all of his friends. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the way that Chris and I look at Element Outdoors. I mean, we're, we're user-friendly. We're warehousing out of Chris's garage, for God's sakes. I mean, we're not – there's not a, a whole lot of overhead. You know, we're just we, – we don't have a tremendous amount of dough for marketing. You know, we do what we can. We're trying to get our name out there. And like I said – now we're the best camo that nobody's heard of, but they will. You know, it's it's a it's a slow process, you know, but we'll make it. We'll be all right. How do you do your sizing? Because I mean, a lot of those two X's out there in some of the Western camo. Are you asking if it's European cut? Is it your? Because I, I, they're not real two X's. I'm not going to lie. They're not real uh, XLs. And, uh, no, I mean, the, the garments are made in the European market, the U.S. market, or the Asian market. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, we, like a number of others, do the Asian market. Now, on the website, it's got a sizing guide that that pretty much gives you, you know, what, what the chest is on a jacket, what sure. the inseams are on a pants. And as every size, you know, when you go from medium to large, you add two inches on the inseam and an inch on the waist, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's, it's, it's standard to the industry that you purchase from. Sure. Now we don't do anything in the European market, so I can't speak on, on that behalf. I'm like a five or six X in the European market. <laughs> you sure are. So, <laughs> I'm like American beefcake over there. I was going to say, we may, we may have to talk to you about bulk fabric and let you sew and cut and sew your own stuff if you're that big. No, no, that's just how the European that's, sizes yeah, work. That's, yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bulk fabric. I'm an XL on a good day and I'm a you know, double X, you know. They're dainty fellows over there. By the oh, look. yeah. No, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and that element, I mean, that's another thing that. That's part of the reason why we haven't really dabbled into the girls' line of camo because there's so many different shapes and sizes. Um, you know, the, the the sizing issues, you know, create a little more hassle than at this time we're ready to kick off on. Right. Now, we go, we, we stand behind. If you order something and it then it doesn't fit you, not a, not a problem, man. We will gladly exchange for something we'll we'll work with you until you get the product that you're happy with i like that mm-hmm. yeah i mean we're never we're never going to shut the door and go you know hey dude what you get is what you get that's not that's not what we're about that is not at all what we're about yep perfect that's great that makes sense to me because like i said there's this there's other jackets out there there's other you know companies out there yeah. and oh yeah and, and uh I can only wear a handful of them. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not the biggest dude out there. Either. You're not. Yeah. I was picking on you, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> but portions of me are, are, you know, unique, Larger. unique to will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm six, five, two fifty. 
you know, with a, a you know a thirty-eight inch waist down here in in South Texas, most six-five people have about a fifty-eight inch waist. Yeah, you got you six know, or seven them, inches on me. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, from all the from all the, we the and gravy. <laughs> yeah, from all the biscuits and gravy we go through down here. So mm, yeah, I mean, I we, love me we, some biscuits and gravy. Mm, well, I'll tell you what, white white sausage mm-hmm. uh, gravy. Yes, uh, sure. That's yeah, what I'm baby. talking with, about. Yeah. That was Bucky's yeah. nickname yeah. in college was white sausage <laughs> gravy. That was my blues name when I played blues guitar. White uh, sausage uh, gravy. You wrote a song hey. about it. Like to hear it. Here yeah, you go. Man, you like to hear it. Here you go. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah. No, but I mean, we, we realize that, you know, the, the sizing, you know, is, is, you know, an issue and it's kind of up in the air. But once again, you know, if, if, if it doesn't fit, we will gladly exchange it. And if you don't like it for whatever reason, send it back and we'll send you the money. We'll send you your money back. If it ain't Chris, it's going to be me. And that's that's a yeah. testament to what I'll you guys are Chris's doing. I'll take Chris's money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've been cool. Yeah, <laughs> you've been cool. Yeah, you know what I mean. I try to I try to open myself up to to everybody and just be you know just be a regular person because you know I mean honestly other people on social media know me as Ted Fowler three sixty one as Steve Austin's you know right hand man there on the ranch but you know i'm i try to reach out to people just you know man i'm just a regular old redneck i mean i you know i drink i hunt i fish i you know i raise cane and you know just try to have as much fun as i possibly can and if you got a question ask me you know i mean i try to respond to everybody that's awesome you know i mean my yeah i i you know i my email address at that element outdoors ted fowler 361 at element outdoors i have you a got question, a question? Fire away. <laughs> yeah. I think Will has a question. Yeah, I do. Yes, you. Do you have a does he does Steve Austin have a beer opening policy on the ranch? Do you have to open it in a certain way? No. No, not at all. You not crack all. it open we, and shake it up. No, 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 no. We had a little different we had a little different drinking regiment than most people. Uh, I will say that, but nothing, <laughs> nothing to that extent. I mean, what you have to realize. I didn't know if you had to like toss him beer and then he cracks it open. I like, like he didn't, you know, in the good no, old days. No. Two at a time. Two at a time. No, 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 no. Uh, I love no, that. No, I mean, that's, that's we the thing grew you gotta, up, We grew up with, uh, the, you know, in that era of wrestling mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, being 40 years old and some of us, that that's was our heyday mm-hmm. and uh, oh absolutely absolutely you know, so. you know i mean i'm i'm i was a huge fan of his you know and i'm i'm only a year younger than him you know so yeah i'm, I'm a mark for wrestling uh you know and and dude every monday night we got together me and a bunch of my friends got yeah. together and sat down and ordered barbecue and sat there and watched raw Wonderful. yeah and what you what you saw on tv is 180 degrees you know, different. His his TV persona is one thing, but he's just the coolest, funniest, wittiest guy. And he and I had the best back and forth because, yeah, we just we got along, and our banter was great. And like I said, we did we did some stupid things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ted. Yeah. That's awesome. Ted. Yes, sir. Uh, speaking of ill advised, I'm going to have to do something that's very ill advised. Don't you with, do it buddy. when it comes to a, a guest such as yourself, bud? But come uh, on, white w- sausage, w- cut in some white slack. sausage gravy, young <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, that short change. Of- yeah, don't short change that. Don't try and church it up either. Yeah. 
but uh, we, we we we're getting up uh, bumping up on some time here, Ted. But oh. we can't let the episode end from what we call the Fast Five. Some sometimes I will call it the Fab Five. You sure will. <laughs> you know, it's bad. It's on your mind. Everybody else on the team will call it the Fast Five. If you don't mind, we're we're gonna hit you with the Fast Five and yep. uh, five questions. Th- no, real quick. No answer is incorrect. We just like the spontaneity. <laughs> We'll, we'll tell you if it's wrong. All right, I'm good. All right. I'm good. What's, yes, what's the one thing that you cannot live without in the outdoors? Jack Daniels. Nice. Jack <laughs> Daniels, if you please. Jackpot. That's a good answer. What's your favorite movie? Tombstone. Ooh. Oh, solid movie. I like that one, too. <laughs> we what, love that movie. What's one thing that you do daily to help prepare for your outdoor lifestyle? I shoot my bow. Boom. Perfect. I'm almost afraid to ask this. Ted, what makes you happy? Jack Daniels. (laughs) (laughs) That's a first. The same answer. answer. Double answer. That's a first. Excellent. So, and then uh, besides going to the Jack Daniels distillery, (laughs) what's on your bucket list? I would love to go to Africa with my bow. Uh, I would love to go to Australia because I heard that the girls down there dig Western guys. They like uh, the accents? That, yeah, they like the accents. You know, just that, <laughs> that yeah. The rumor, <laughs> the, the rumor is they just like American accents. So as country as I am, they ought to, you know, they ought to be chasing me down the middle of Broadway. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's that's pretty much on my on my bucket list. I'd like to catch uh, a big old marlin down there. Uh, we only asked for one thing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one thing with two parts. It was oh, kind of a round, kind of a round trip back to Texas. There okay. we go. Oh, fine. Well, I'm sorry. What were you trying to catch down there? Big marlin. One of those big thousand marlin. pound marlins. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you got to come up here and do that golden trout. Yeah, <laughs> we got thousand well, pounders up here. I'll tell you what, I saw some pictures that you guys posted. Now, when I was living in Arizona, we would we would catch some rainbow trout. My father and I would go stream fishing and it was it was, you know, a, a salmon egg or a worm and a fly rod and stuff like that. Very, you know, primitive because I was a kid. But we did a lot of stocked rainbow trout. And every once in a while you would catch a, you know, quote unquote German brown trout. When I saw the picture of that golden trout, I thought you guys were doing some photoshopping or jacking around or something because I, I almost uh-huh. sent a sent a message to Sean and I was like, dude, what what is that? He doesn't know what that you know? is. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that, I'm just that's, kidding. That's the real deal, though. Yeah, right? oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was my son from a youth day that we did. That's just a stream just Stevie down the road. Stevie has the house. one on there too. Stevie's got one on there. He's well, deep. he said recently. Oh. Um, yeah, but on that stringer, he had the he had the golden oh, rainbow, a regular rainbow. He had a brook trout. I think there was a brown and a tiger. Like he had the full. Really, the full, I didn't even realize it until I looked, slam. looked through Pennsylvania there. Pennsylvania trout slam, trout slam. Yep. But yeah, that, <laughs> nice. Uh, golden nice. Ra- golden rainbows are definitely a thing. A lot of people around here will mistakenly call them palomina. Not mistaken. They do it on purpose. They do it on purpose. Don't correct them either, bud. I correct them all the time. Now, are you you guys big into fly fishing or you use lures or what do you do up there? 
We're not old enough to flash this shit. <laughs> Boy, Deaky you is. Your, you watch your mouth because I just got into flash. <laughs> but I was the same way. I was the same way because you know my my buddies who are all fishing guys down here. They were like. Dude, we're we're going fly fishing, and I'm like, oh, really? And then what are we going to do? Play pinochle afterwards? Like, Christ, how old do you think I am? Steve, but over time, I have grown to really, truly enjoy it. Stevie, yeah. no, it's, it's please, good. Yeah. Please tell me that we have the sponsor check already <laughs> after that question. <laughs> please, please tell me. Tell me it cleared. Oh <laughs> Oh, that's man. good. Yeah. We appreciate that. No, we're the same. Uh, we do appreciate We have a lot of friends that do it. It's huge here. There's this, yep. it's a destination yep. for sure. If you're a fly fisherman, uh, PA has got tons of trout water. Yeah. Some of the, some of the greatest yeah. trout streams in the East coast are in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, uh, it is a destination and, and, and we get it. We just don't get it right now. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You will. You will. Ted, I, it's like I, it's like eyeglasses. You may not need them now, but you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ted, I, I went to my first Pennsylvania trout opener this year, and it, it, Bud, I've compared it. It's like the first day of buck season here in Pennsylvania. That's the only other day that will get that many people out and about in the outdoors, and yeah. I think it's great. It's a big thing. Yeah. So. See, to me, that is such a foreign concept that you have. A, a given season on when when you can go to a creek and go fishing. You know, it's like, you know, what if you what if you what if you're hungry and you want to go two weeks early? You're you're gonna break the that is just such a breaking foreign the law, concept. Breaking the yeah, law. As, as far as fishing goes, Check you know, because I'll get a, well, yeah, but, I'll get a, I'll get a phone call from my buddies and they're like, you know, hey man, how are you doing on you know Ling as far as how much do you got in the freezer? It's like, well, I'm I'm good there, but I'm down, you know, some trout. All right, let's let's go catch some trout, or let's go catch a red, or something like that. Yeah. And we just go. Wow. Yeah. So part, that's part that's, of that is uh, part of the reason, though, behind that. Just real quick, if you go back to some of our episodes in April when we were doing the trout of control month, uh, those mm-hmm. folks uh, from Pox, Potsky Baits actually will tell you all about the efforts that that the uh, Fish and Boat Commission puts in for stocking these trout and and things like that. They have to close the season for a while. And the reason okay, they, now, they close yeah, the season sense. to stock the streams, to get the habitat or to get the uh, fish acclimated, get the populations where they need to be. And then basically it's just like, yeah, you know, it's a resource that is renewable because all the hatcheries and all the efforts that's put into the stocking. But it's also a resource that's there for the taking. We, there's so, they so give many it an people that day. do it. We would fish them out. Yeah. It would yeah. Be, we do fish. We them do out. fish yeah. them out. But, okay. but you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, and now now I, I got my eyes open. I mean, because I'm looking at the ocean, yeah. so I yeah. I don't I see it as Ooh. you know a, a renewable resource. <laughs> Rub that, it in again. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell yeah us. No, but I can I can appreciate that. I mean, from a management standpoint, yeah, absolutely. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I think what we've just done is we ended one episode and we've segued in to the next time <laughs> yeah. we get Ted back on the show because he's de- we we. we haven't talked about fishing and we need to talk to this guy about some fishing too. That's true. That's true. I like it. So Ted Yeah, no, I'm op- I'm open for anything. You bet. Uh I, I uh like a wise man once told me all good things must come to an end. That's Understood. True. Unfortunately, that's true. Did Sean tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> Ted, before we let you go, how can folks learn more about you and uh keep up to date with what you guys got going on? 
Uh, you know what? I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Ted Fowler 361. And we've also got a uh, deal for our company, Element Outdoors, on Twitter and Instagram as well. Perfect. And then you, you can find me on Facebook. You know, I got Ted Fowler. And then once I turned that over to a business deal to promote Element, it came up with my own page, which is kind of silly because, you know, it is, it is what it is. Uh, but sure. yeah, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Shoot me up the player, and like I said, I'm just regular cat. I'll respond. Thanks, man. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, don't forget this episode is brought to you in part by Smoking the Grove Barbecue Festival. Smoking the Grove. That's being held July 26th and 27th in Spring Grove, Pennsylvania. For more information, head over to smokingthegrove.com. Smokingthegrove.com. Ah, love me them burn ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also brought to you in part by Moses Family Jerky. Get out of town. Oh, yeah. Get 15% off your next order by heading over to mfjerky.com. Make sure you use that promo code jerkypursuits15. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, what's up there, white sausage? <laughs> <laughs> gravy. What's up, White Sausage Gravy? Where can our fans find us, bud? Well, they can check us out at RuttenRiverPursuits.com. The podcast itself, available for download on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget the iHeartRadio. 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 Check us out on all the social media properties. You got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search for Rutten River Pursuits. Mm-hmm. And of course, check out the YouTube channel, Rutten River Pursuits Podcast. Yeah, check out them YouTubes. Check out them YouTubes. You know what else I would check out? What, bud? <laughs> R2 Buck, the man with the most nicknames ever <laughs> in the history. We're, he got I can't two wait. new ones tonight. I, I pick them up two, two at a time. <laughs> We're going to have 15, 20 different t-shirts available by the fall for all yeah. of his nicknames. Absolutely. Loving it. Awesome. I'm flattered, guys. Thank you. Great show, boys. Turkey mayhem. Boom. See ya. Rewheelers. Peace. Uh, I would like to take a moment to talk a little bit about the destruction that you guys are putting on the outdoor industry right now. Like a hurricane coming through. Tell us about wow. Element Outdoors. I, I got to transition. I, I got to just pause and say by Merlin's beard, that was smooth, brother. Oh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, Ted, but I, that was something. one of the best... <laughs> transition pivots piggybacks if you will no, dude, uh, I, I tip I tip my hat to you that was that was gold that was audio gold <laughs> it was yeah. it was like Thanks. a podcast crown jewel <laughs> <laughs> well I'm <laughs> done here alright <laughs> down here in South Texas if it doesn't cut you poke you tear you you're, you're not in the right part of South Texas and it's durable as, as that's all just walking out. in Walmart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Guy had a hunt coming up, and he ordered some material from us. Said there was a problem. Left his number, left his phone number. Hell, I called the guy up. Was that Sean Kennedy? He always no. Does that. Oh man. <laughs> no, this this was a guy. This was a guy, and. and uh, you know, I we, love me we, some biscuits and gravy. Well, I'll tell you what, white white sausage mm-hmm. uh, gravy. Yes, uh, sir. That's yeah, what I'm talking with, about. Yeah. That was Bucky's yeah. nickname yeah. in college was white sausage <laughs> gravy. That was my blues name when I played blues guitar. White uh, sausage gravy. Wrote a song hey. about it. Like to hear it. Here yeah, you go. Man, you like to hear it. There you go. That was good, wasn't it?